Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Yeah, good evening, Sports Day SA. David Wilde and Dan Menzel, thanks to Irrigear. To save time and water, Irrigear is here. Irrigear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. A very warm summer coming up, so get all your garden supplies in order. So welcome, Dan Menzel. Hi, Dan. Hi, Wilds. How's your Friday going? Had a good, nice lunch today. Um, uh, by long, I think it's called, in... Um on the corner of Hutt and Wakefield Street. Fantastic. Fantastic. Good. Asian. Yes. Fusion. Beautiful. So I can't complain. Won't need tea tonight. But <laughs> a little bit of action last night. I stayed up and watched South Africa. We both thought South Africa would actually win. Mm. And we... they. I didn't expect them to win how easily they won. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that was a second straight really poor performance from Australia. Now, we're probably in the game a little bit more against India. But with that loss last night to South Africa in, in such... Uh, poor fashion where effectively South Africa's come out and made 311 for the loss of seven wickets and we've been bowled out for 177 off just less than 41 overs. So it means that we've lost the game by 134 runs and we're in all sorts at the moment. Two losses against two of the best teams in the tournament, albeit, but I think that in looking at the remaining fixtures, only four teams make the semifinals. We're going to need to win six of our last seven matches to make the semifinals because our net run rate it's currently minus 1.846 yeah. now. That's as bad as we've ever seen it for Australia. So if we are to win six of the last seven games, that means we can only afford to drop one against New Zealand, England, and Pakistan. If we drop two and we lose to a Good minnow night. or a Sri Lanka or Bangladesh, it's all over. They don't look right, do they? They look lethargic and no energy. Uh, the fast bowlers don't actually look fast. Pat Cummins, he's really gone off the ball in the last year. Um I think the captaincy may be weighing in on him. One for 79 last oh, night. He, he hasn't bowled well for a long while. And the batting, I still think when you've got Smith and Labuschagne back-to-back and that, it's not like some of the hitters in other teams. I mean, they're great batsmen, but they're mainly test batsmen, Steve Smith and Labuschagne. Yeah, you're right. It's We haven't quite got the makeup of the batting lineup right at the moment. And they brought in Inglis at five, and he only made the five last night before Rabada bowled him. But... Um, yeah, that, but then at the same time, again, we've mentioned the bowling. When Glenn Maxwell was your best bowler, oh. 2 for 34, he was the only one that went at effectively under five and a half and over. Now, I did ask Barad about it last night. He didn't think it was that big an issue, but we clearly have missed a trick with the spin bowling options. And well, Zampa's lost form. He's, Zampa's he's not the... in form. I know that we're waiting on Travis Head to get back and you can only take 15, but we needed another spinner. And it's just showing at the moment that if Glenn Maxwell is your best bowler, then you're up against it. And uh, look, South Africa, they're in some good form. Quinton de Kock back-to-back hundreds for him at the top of the order for the South Africans and Markram's in some really good form with the bat as well and, and their bowling attack, we have mentioned it, that they've got a nice bowling attack in Ngidi who went at 2.25 and over for his yeah. eight overs last night. Marco Jansen's nice but Kigisa Rabada is as good to watch as anyone when he's up in full flight so they are going well equally. Australia not pretty at the moment. Yeah, Rabada bowled beautifully too. Cricket World update thanks to Henley, the new seven-star house designs with drop prices. Check them out. Henley's new home designs. All the luxuries are now seven-star energy efficiency. Do you agree, though, they don't look like the go? They dropped five catches, I reckon. And Stoinis dropped an absolute sitter. Cummins dropped a, a pie coming back at him. There's, they look like their minds aren't quite right at the moment. And I know they've played a lot of cricket. They've come out of ashes. They've gone to South Africa. But you think it'd be primed for a World Cup. You would think they'd be primed. But um, something's clearly not clicking. And we might have a listen to what Pat Cummins had to say after the game. 
Yeah. Here is probably not much needs to be said tonight. I think everyone's hurting. Um, so we've got a few days. The next game's here as well. So we'll group and um, regroup. And, yeah, everyone's hurting. So we'll try and make amends. No, I wouldn't say it's one thing. Um, yeah, again, um, you know, maybe they got a few more than we would have liked. And um, obviously 177's off the mark as well. So, um, yeah, there's a few things we need to tidy up. I heard um, Josh Hazelwood, I think we spoke about it last night, Dan. He was saying, look, if um, Starkey and I'm bowling well and, and Pat's not well horses of course he might have to go and, and, and consequently too if I'm not bowling well well I might be the one out but it, it looks a lot of sameness Hazelwood Cummins Stoinis comes on Zampa doesn't look threatening and you're right I mean Maxwell really is just a district bowler he bowled tight line and length and, and he bowled really well to be honest he, they didn't take any chance with him Maxwell but He's he's a part timer. He's not a fully fledged spinner. Yeah, no, that's right. And they again, we've mentioned they are screaming out for Travis Head to get back and get himself right so that he can bat and bowl. But there's not many other options. You've got Sean Abbott in the squad. That's not going to be an improvement on a Pat Cummins. Um, Is Sanger in the squad? The leggy? No, the leggy. He's out. Yeah. So again, you can only take 15. So effectively, you've got the 11 that played last night, and then you've got Carey who was omitted. You've got Green. You've got Sean Abbott. And you've got Travis Head. So yeah. it doesn't leave you with many options, unfortunately, moving forward. Uh, look, is there still hope? I'm not sure. that They're going to have to win six of the last seven, but let's have a listen to what Tim Payne said. Is it recoverable from here? Uh, it certainly is. I mean, it's it, we've still got six games. So I imagine if we win all six, you still get through. Mm. And you can't deny that that team's got absolute quality in it. We're not playing well. And when you're not playing well, it can look, pretty ordinary mm. and it's looked pretty ordinary let's be completely honest but the, the quality of players in that group can beat any team in the world if they play well and they're in the right headspace mm. do you reckon age comes into that Australia's a very old side yeah, let's go from I mean even Mitch Marsh is over 30 now but Warner's approaching 37 you got Stark you got Hazelwood Stoinis is a Smith has been around for a long while um, are they getting in Maxwell's not young no, they're not, but no, I don't know if... We can't age. blame age. No, I wouldn't, because if you look at India, Rohit Sharma and Virat Kohli... Been around for a while. Been around for a while. They are getting the job done, as is Jasper Bulma. He's been around for a long time, Jadeja. as has Jadeja and Ashwin. So, yeah, they, they are fine in form, and they, they're in a really nice position. They take on Pakistan tomorrow night, which will be incredible over there. But the point Tim Payne made, that they've actually got seven games to go, not the six, and... Yeah, their best can beat anyone, but I think the best of six countries in the world can beat anyone. So, effectively, he's right in that regard, but they can only drop one of their last seven games more than likely to make it. Now, again, it's Sri Lanka, then Pakistan, then Netherlands, New Zealand, England, Afghanistan, and Bangladesh. You might get through Sri Lanka, but then Pakistan will be really tough. Netherlands we play, but then it's New Zealand and England. Again, it's in a really tough position. We need to find some form because we're going to have to come home really strong. And you don't want to drop them early. Otherwise, they're out of the running and there's no interest in the World Cup if Australia are out. Correct. For Aussies. Yeah, that's not what the Aussies need. But the other talking point, I guess, from the game was from before the game, which was the omission Carey. of Alex Carey to bring in Josh Inglis. And Tim Payne, who's a good one to chat about this, spoke about this as well. But last night when I turned on the telly, I was shocked that he'd been dropped. And I, and I said he, he would eventually come under pressure with Inglis in the background, no doubt. But my, my, my issue with it is we're one game into a World Cup. Now, a World Cup would have been planned for f for over a year, how we want to play, what our setup of our team looks like. 
And for that to change in one game, I found... It, it, I was shocked. Fascinating, night. isn't it? It You're is right. fascinating because I just don't understand. If they didn't think he was the man or they thought he was that close to being dropped, then why go with him in the first game? Yeah, I, I think his form batting's been awful. He made a 99 in one of the one days, but I think he's had seven or eight scores under 10. And he got out for a low score against India. There's nothing wrong with his keeping. I think he's a better keeper than um, Inglis, no doubt about that. But And he's a very good batsman. We spoke about whether the um, you know the Test match drama with Bairstow had affected him. It really shouldn't. What he did was okay in that. I think he had yeah. most on his side, most cricketers around the world, except for the the, the Pommy um, members there in the long room. But Alex Carey's a, a strong personality. I, d- I don't think that... I just think he's a bit out of form with the bat. And it's not always easy coming in with only eight or nine overs to go and you've got to force a run rate. So I think he's a better cricketer than, than Inglis. But you, then you can't really drop drop him after one game either. No, it's, I, I agree with Tim that it's an interesting decision to give him one game and then drop him. I would have thought he would have played it. If they're going to go with him, I would think you'd play him a couple of matches before making the decision. However, as you said, he's not been in form. He, he got out for a duck against India. His previous three innings before that have been 11, 11 and 14. Yeah. So he just hasn't made runs and that's ultimately what they've gone with. Potentially they should have pulled the trigger before they started the World Cup if that's what they were going to do. The Cam Green one, understand, he he's he looks tired. He looks like all the energy's out of the batteries. They're flat and he needs a break. I, I don't think if he's playing IPL, Australia can't play him T20, 50 over and test cricket. Otherwise you burn him out. And he he's just a shadow of himself. He's a wonderful talent. Love watching him play. But he doesn't look like a great cricketer at the moment. He looks like he's a little bit lost. So he's going to have to go and work. And I know we, we heard things like, I think it's Brett said he has had 13 sleeps in his bed for the, they're getting multi-million dollars. So, I mean, you've got it. That comes with the territory. You can't blame that. Yeah, You're no. missing his girlfriend or yeah. missing home. That's all cricketers. Yeah, no, exactly right. They have to look at that and, and what they're going to do with Cam Green in the future. But again, I think we saw it from South Africa and from India. They targeted Adam Zampa. Because yes. they know that this is the guy, if they are going to beat us, this is the guy who's going to do it. Because he is their best spinner by a mile. And on these conditions, he's the one that if he troubles us, we're in trouble. So they didn't allow him to get set. And he hasn't bowled that well. And it's because he's been targeted. Now, Maxwell, they probably didn't play with as much ferocity. And it's why he's come out and taken a couple of wickets. So I know I have um, banged on about this a little bit, but I think we missed the trick with the second. Yeah, spot. and Zamp is a, a key part of Australia. I, I reckon they know he bowls mainly wrong. And that. Anything pitched up, they put him over the fence now. They're, They're not done treating homework. him with any caution, are they? You're they, right. Let's they, let's have a go at him. Yep. Because, again, when you look at an India or you look at a Pakistan, they've got multiple spinners. So how do we treat this one? But then do we treat this one? Whereas with Australia, all right, let's get a plan for their number one spinner. We get that right and we'll be away. And both teams have done that so far against Australia. I know we're going to talk uh, trade radio for Continental Ties shortly, but Tom Hawkins, nice one of your old teammates. He's re-signed. No, no real doubt he was going to, was he? No, there? I don't think there was ever any real doubt. I don't think Tom was ever going anywhere so I just had to get the dollars and, and a little bit of love there potentially as well. And what'd you make of Jack Gunston wanting to come home again after going up to Brisbane for a, a year? Yeah, oh, it's interesting. I'd like to know exactly what the reasons are before I make judgement because it it's not great. Like, Let's be honest, if you go up there for a year and then you want to come straight back um, when you're going to you're going to leave a team that's good and contending and competing for a premiership to potentially go back to one that's not now if there's other reasons any I still think he's, he's good enough. His best is still good enough. So you'd think as a player, intrinsically, you'd back yourself in to get your body right and try yeah. and compete. But 
Yeah, there's obviously other reasons there too. I'm not sure he slips in here to Rayner and uh, McCarthy and the likes up there now, and Charlie Cameron and yeah, Hipwood. And no, I don't disagree. He'd be a good backup. He'd be a good backup, but stick it out and battle it out and try and get your spot into the team if that's the case. If there's other things at play, then fair enough. No, you make a lot of sense. Coming up the show, thanks to Lumo Energy. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo today. I spoke about the range. This is amazing. Range of the car, 528 kilometres of range. We're talking uh, EV6, the Kia, all electric. So have a look at that. Reds coach Carl Veert will join us. They start next week against the Mariners, who beat them last year. In fact, smashed them in. Port Adelaide, one of uh, well, one of their recruits from last year. I suppose they're all recruits, only in for the first year. But Hannah Dunn played for the Gold Coast. AFLW's Hannah Dunn will join us. And as I said, a Continental Tires trade radio update. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Dan Mental, David Wildey, Sports Day SA, trade radio update brought to you by CMC Invest. International investing made easy. Download CMC Invest today. Use them. They are fantastic if you want to trade in stocks and shares. Now, trade radio. Um, tell us about Toby Pink, Dan. Like you, you played against him. Now, he had a couple of years with the Swans. Didn't get a game there. They were quite strong in defence, which is fair enough. He comes back here, plays some super footy, another premiership. And he's going to North Melbourne. So what are your thoughts with Toby? Yeah, so I played one year with Toby at Sydney as well. Oh, so course. I got to see him and obviously spend that year with him. And then he came back here to Glenelg and I actually found it bizarre that they played him in the forward line when he came back here. So I played against him in the grand final, 2021 grand final, when he played in the forward line with Liam McBean, Lockie Hosey, Luke Reynolds. And I just thought, what are What's they he doing? doing? There? Yep, he is a key defender and he's a good key defender. Lockdown. Lockdown key defender. So then they swung him down back and the last two years he's been terrific for them. He, strong? Strong, but it's his closing speed for mine that's his real asset. Um, you think you're out, you think you've done your I've work him. on him, I've got him here, and then he can get that closing speed to get a spoil in. So he's very good at that. Um doesn't necessarily want the footy that much, but he's a great lockdown defender. And that's something that every team needs one of them. You don't want two or more, but I think he can certainly play a role for North Melbourne next year. It depends on obviously the matchups he's going to get too, but I think he's I think he's probably the most obvious one in the sample for any club to come after. Now we know how good the sample is in comparison to other leagues, so be interested to see what North Melbourne think about Toby Pink. We've been in the key defensive space uh, for all of all of this year. You know, when you've got a free agent that hasn't signed, you, you need to be preparing for one that you might be able to keep him, and 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 two that uh, you're going to lose him. So, we've got to cater for all scenarios. We've we've scoured the country with, you know, AFL listed players that might not be getting an opportunity at their club, um, and we've scoured the state leagues. And you know, watching watching Toby perform at Glenelg, um, his game really come on this year as a key defender. Um, he added some real intercepts to his game, but He's just an absolute competitor and, um, you know, he's tough and uh, he's a real team player. Yeah, so that's Brady Rawlings there from North Melbourne talking about Toby Pink. And, yeah, I agree with that. They, they've they looked around all the state leagues and gone, this is probably the best lockdown key defender, which I, I definitely agree with. I well, think I, hope he's been, get, I hope he gets a chance. I really, yeah, I do too. And we might actually see if we can chat with him next week, Wilds. But, okay. um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting one. As will Nick Haynes is the other one that uh, Brady Rawlings had a chat about today. Uh, we, we, as we mentioned before, Riley, we have been looking key defensive space. We've been looking internally as well as to how our own players might be able to uh, to play down back as well. So um, 
we, we think with Toby coming in and, and some other options, we we think we've got enough um, enough support there. Uh, having said that, we, we're always open to to players that um, that could help us in the short term as well. We, we're really excited by our young group, and, and we'll add to that this year in the draft. But having lost so many experienced players in you know Goldstein, Cunnington, as the Evil Hall. Um, you know, there's a lot of players' experience there that we have lost. That you know, if someone could help us, um, along with Liam Shields, who have gone with for another year um, to next year or two, then we'd, we'd certainly look at that as well. That's North Melbourne. Do you think it's fair the compensation they've been given for being a basket case? And I can un- I can understand why the clubs would think you're kidding me. You are you're rewarding mediocrity, if not worse than that. And, I mean, they're getting an outstanding hand dealt to them and. They haven't been good for a long while. I understand that. West Coast have been awful for quite a while now. But what, what do you make of that, Dan? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a little bit unfair, if I'm honest. I, I don't... Pick ag- three for yeah. Ben Mackay? Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. Um, but also, the other part of this, and I can understand why other clubs are not happy, is because it's not just the compensation North Melbourne's getting... It's the academies that we're seeing from other clubs that are really reaping the reward. So what that means is that just say if you're a Crows, you're going, all right, well, North Melbourne's got this, so we already are now one pick down. And then we've got also a couple other academy players that are going to go here, so that also drops us further down as well. So it's that effect, that knock-on effect that happens to clubs, and I can understand why they are frustrated So pick this. 15 could end up pick 20. Correct. And so the- Exactly. So it's nowhere near as rewarding for those teams. And, and you might trade a pick, and, yeah, you're right, you've lost five or six picks out of it. Good oil, thanks to Cobram Estate. That was good oil. Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil. We're talking Cobram Estate. They're in northern Victoria. Grown, harvested and first cold breast. Remember that name, Cobram Estate extra virgin olive oil. Just want to play a grab too uh, before we go to the break uh, with, uh, about Radicalia. There's been a lot of talk about that. Is he worth this? Could he go on the, the pre-season draft? Have a listen to this. The pre-season draft threat isn't really the viable option this time around though. I think if he's going to be walked if a deal's not done it'd be through the national draft and Porter just pick him with that selection. Is it too big a risk that Hawthorne take him? Yeah, I mean they're interested draft. they're interested in that and and looking at the draft order now, Hawthorne doesn't have a pick between pick three and Port Adelaide's pick at pick 25. Now, mm. they could change that and move in, but then there's the other factor that has to come into their thinking as well with the Will McKay bid, which probably comes before that selection and they have to you know, have the points ready from that scenario. So if it's a, a draft scenario, it's not a preseason draft scenario, it's a national draft scenario. So that's Cal Toomey there talking about Asava Radicalia and the move to Port Adelaide. I don't see it getting to the preseason draft wheels. I think we'll see the deal get done before Wednesday night next week, which will be that pick 25 and maybe a fourth or fifth round. I say to Geelong, take it. Take a pick 25. That's all he's worth. Catch every NFL game this season. Game pass only on DAZN. Visit nfldazn.com forward slash NFL. Still to come, we've got plenty more. Carl Vitt will join us, coach of Adelaide United and Port Adelaide AFLW's Hannah Dunn. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a... David Woody, Dan Menzel, thanks to Tire Power. Great race sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tire Power today. Well, it gives us a great pleasure in welcoming Carl Viet. He's the next Ange Postacoglu. Don't worry about that, Dan. He's, he's going places, done some wonderful things for United. 
I think his golf might be drying up now. The season starts next week. Carl, how are you? Yeah, very good, Will. yourself? Nice to speak with you. How, how's the pre-season been? It seems like it's been uh, a, a long one. I'm no doubt ready to play for, you know, real points. Um, yeah, it's, it's been 15 weeks of pre-season, so um, it's a bit... Uh, I think it's the longest pre-season in world football. Um, <laughs> but it's, I'm, I'm glad it's coming to the end, and, you know, now we're getting into the... The serious stuff, and you know, um, really looking forward to Friday night next week. You had an amazing season all up to the last week. You win that, you go into the grand final again and lose to the Mariners. But how do you think we're looking? Obviously, Goodwin's gone, but uh, your squad I always asks this at the start of the year. You're happy with what you've got? Um, yeah, look, it's um, you know, it was disappointing losing Goody, um, you know, halfway through pre season, which you know, made it very difficult for us to try and find a replacement for him. Um, but, yeah, I'm happy with the squad. We've got, you know, uh, a lot of good young players uh, coming through and we're going to see um, some exciting things from uh, young players that we've got in the squad this year. So, Carl, tell us about one of those players that you have brought in, which is Ryan Tunnicliffe from Portsmouth. So just tell us a little bit about what you expect from him this season. Yeah, look, we brought Ryan in um, just to help um, give us a little bit more strength in the middle of the park. Um, and we've got a lot of um, younger players that play in that through the middle of the pitch, so we've brought Ryan in to give us just that little bit more uh, combativeness tree down, a little bit more experience. Because um, other than um, uh, Ryan, we've got Issa, and then the rest of the boys are all quite young through the middle of the park. So he'll be, um, you know, a little, he's a little bit more of a, an enforcer in the middle of the park that we sort of, sort of lack a little bit with the way that we play our football. So, Carl, just on the game style, last year, Lady United, one of, without a doubt, one of the best teams to watch, the third most scored, goals scored, and, but also the third most conceded. So, I guess, are we going to see the attacking flair that we did last year, or is it maybe going to be trying to stop the opposition from scoring as much? Um, no, no, we still go out there to score goals. You know, that's the way I want my teams to play. I want them to be entertaining. You know, that's what we're, we're you know, yes, we're a professional sport, but... You know, we also need to make sure the fans that come and watch us play, that they go away um, enjoying a match of football. So we'll always go out and attack. Um, you know, we've, as you said, conceded far too many goals last year and we've um, spent a, a fair chunk of pre-season working on our defensive structure. Um, so hopefully we can not concede as many, but still keep scoring goals. You spoke about SIS and you got Kiddo Haller and you got a bit of experience as well as the, the young kids, Carl. Um, yeah, it's important um, that you have good senior players around, good um, professionals to teach those younger players the, the right things to do. And I think we've got a good balance at the club. Uh, and, you know, senior players that are there uh, are great guys that, um, you know, want to help develop the, those young players as well. So that's, um, you know, we've got to... You said a lot of younger players, and they, and they can think themselves fortunate that they have got such a good group of senior players yeah. around them. You're well known for developing youth. It's been incredible. Some of the kids that have come up under your your guard. Um, if if you've got a guy that's been experienced, and you've got a youngster, and it's line ball, and you've got to select one, do you go for the youth, or do you you back a guy that's been in there for a while? I I prefer to go with the youth. Um, that's you know, I've always backed the young players in, mm. um, and that's just the way I am, I suppose. Growing up, um, you know, spending a, a fair chunk of my time coaching in youth football, 
Um, I have a lot of belief in young players, and you give them those opportunities, they will always um, have more of an upside than a, a more experienced player. You look at Aaron Kunda, um, the story Aaron Kunda. How how talented is he, Carl? Um, yeah, look, he's, um, you know, this will be his third season, I, I suppose, with us, um, and he's still not turned 18. Wow. So, um, look, he, he um, can go a long way, um, but he's still got some um, some habits that he needs to improve on um, if he wants to go that long way. You know, it's, uh, you know, well, our game, you know, covers the whole world, so um, he can certainly go places. But it's not going to just happen. He has to make sure he does the work this year to, to make sure we get the best out of him. So, Carl, I was going to ask you about who will replace Craig Goodwin in terms of the goals scored and that output. Is it as simple as someone like an Aaron Kunda or is it a mixture of players potentially this season? Um, I think it has to be a mixture of players. I think um, you know, Goody was you know fantastic for us and he covered a, um, you know, a lot of players sort of hidden his shadow because you know Goody always scored the goal when we needed or or did something. So now, you know, those players have to step, step out of his shadow and step up. And as you said, Nesta this year will get a lot more game time. Um, young Bernardo as well that didn't play last year, he'll have to step up and, and, and do a lot more as well. And not just the younger players, the, the senior players there as well. You know, um, Hiroshi, he didn't score as many goals as we hoped last year. And, and Ben Halloran, you know, they have to... Yep. You know, senior players, they have to step up as well. Certainly, they certainly do. Now, Wilds mentioned off the top of the show, the next Ange Postacoglu. I want to ask you, how much do you keep an eye on what someone like Ange Postacoglu is doing at Tottenham in the EPL? Oh, it's fantastic, isn't it? That what he's doing for, for, um, for the game in Australia. You know, everyone now is taking notice of um, that. Cause, you know, when you say... In, in soccer that you're... Um, sorry, that's my car. Just, <laughs> no, we're still um, going out. You're right. <laughs> yep. Um, that you're from Australia, you know, people sort of think that you don't really know much about soccer. And, you know, to see Ange doing it on the world stage in the, in the best league in the world um, and, you know, sitting top of the Premier League, it, it's fantastic. And that will filter right down, you know, through, the, through, the, through the, our sport and we'll be taken a lot more serious now. Well, to follow up from that, you've done your apprenticeship. Is that something down the track? I mean, Ange started somewhere himself. Is that something you'd like to perhaps even coach overseas one day? Yeah, uh, look, I suppose coaching is the same as players. You want to always challenge yourself and, and get to the highest level as, as you can. Um, and I suppose, you know, I'm no no different. I'm, you know, quite ambitious as well. And I would love, you know, an opportunity to to go to a, a higher uh, level one day. But, you know, I'm, I'm very happy where I am at the moment. Yeah, certainly on the right path at the moment, Carl. Now, while we're on the world stage, I want to ask you, have you watched the David Beckham documentary and what do you make of it, if you have? I haven't yet. Oh. Uh, my, my wife keeps telling me um, that we need to watch that, but I just haven't had the time at, <laughs> at this stage, you know. With pre-season and that, and I don't know if I'll get much time now that the season's starting, but um, I'm sure we'll um, find one night and most probably just binge watch all of it. Well, Carl used to bend it like Beckham himself oh, years a, ago. It's a much watch, a must watch. Yeah. So definitely, when you find the time around everything, then definitely get get to that. Now, Carl, I know yeah. I know you don't hold grudges, but that would have left a bit of taste in your mouth 
the way you left last season um, and you, you play that mob again next week. So I know it doesn't make up for a loss, but it'd be a nice way to start wanting to beat the Mariners. Um, yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, I think um, since I've been in charge, it's been the first time we've started the season at home. Um, so it's important that we get off to a good start. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to it. Uh, you know, I suppose it's a good test to come up against last year's champions in the first game and and to see, you know, how you've actually gone over pre-season. Well, the golf six go away. What are you still? Five, six, seven? What is it at the moment, Carl, the handicap? No, I'm slowly going out. I've gone out to eight. So, oh, well, um... disgusting. Absolutely <laughs> <Yeah>. disgusting. <laughs> hey, Carl, all yeah. the best, mate. We'll be keeping in touch right through summer and all the best for United and yourself and really looking forward. You said it's been a massive pre-season so long. Well, the real stuff starts next week and, and good luck. No worries. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Carl. Carl Viet. Look, I reckon one day, as I said, Ange started somewhere. You do your – and what's Ange, 58? Yeah, um, Carl would be in his certainly mid fifties, but um, he's a great coach. No, he really is. The, the other thing, which is almost the similarities to Ange, is he talks about the attacking flair and the way he wants his teams to play. That's what the fans want to hear. It was and really, he plays kids. He does. It's really interesting to hear that at the start that they had, did concede the third most goals last year. So I wasn't sure if he said we might shore up our defence and maybe just pull it back a little bit. But no, no, we still want to play with that offensive offensive flair and be a really good attacking team this well, season. I think the last three games pre-season they haven't conceded the goal no Joe they get three been... clean sheets so yeah. it's promising for Adelaide United who kick off their season Friday night it's the 20th so it's coming around it's next week another cricket game on tonight there is New Zealand take on Bangladesh uh, the toss has been uh, just been happened over there and New Zealand has won the toss they've chose to bowl so bowl first yeah which we talked about the Jew uh, in the second innings and it just is going to come onto the bat nicely so it does very much lean in the favour of the Kiwis. How, you talk about spinners and you love the finger spinner, but Mitchell Santner, how well has he started? Mm. Didn't concede a boundary as a spinner in one of the games. He took five wickets in his last match. Yeah, no, he's been very good for New Zealand. And we already know that their pace bowling attack is really nice. It's one of their strengths of their team. So he's been very good, as has Devin Conway and, and uh, at the top of the order for New Zealand. Ravindra as well. So and he's going to open. Mitchell's been demoted down to four with Kane Williamson coming back in tonight. And New Zealand's best batsman, Kane Williamson, out. He's injured. No, well, he is now back in the team the tonight. He's playing. He's playing Do you have tonight. Do so, or something? Or? Yeah, so he's coming in to number three. So they've got Conway, and it was Mitchell, but they've moved Mitchell down to four, which means Ravindra opens Williamson into three. That's a really nice batting lineup for the Kiwis. Well, I think Australia need New Zealand, these sort of teams, to lose one of these sort of games, don't they? They, they do. They do. I don't see tonight being that one. I think the New Zealand will be too good. Yeah, well, go the Kiwis. It is 6.41. Sports Day SA on Cruise thirteen twenty three and sixteen twenty nine SEN SA. Yeah, Hannah done shortly for us. Uh, Toolkit Depot tools, equipment, safety gear, and workwear. Toolkit Depot, everything you need under one roof. Check them out. Tools, equipment, safety gear, and workwear in store and online. Well, Port Adelaide starting to make their mark. Dan, obviously the Crows have been a little bit longer, second year now, and they picked up a terrific player from the. Gold Coast to Hannah Dunn in her second year at Port Adelaide. She joins us now. Hi, Hannah. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. How are you enjoying it? Second year up and uh, you're seeing some improvement. It's going to take a while, but what are you seeing out there? Yeah, no, I'm in, really enjoying it at the club. Um, there's obviously been heaps of improvement on the back of last year 
that's probably um, because we actually had a proper off season and pre season to um, get the team together and get fit. So um, yeah, I think we've seen that improvement so far, and we're still building. Um, and I think it's just probably consistency that we're chasing now with games. But yeah, there's been so much improvement. Tell about your career. It's amazing. As we mentioned, Canberra Giants. Norwood, Gold Coast, Port Adelaide. I mean, you're, you're moving around. Some exciting times there for you. Much-travelled footballer. Yeah. I mean, I started playing footy in Queanbeyan, um, yep. which is like just outside of Canberra. And I was there for uh, eight or nine years or something. And, um, yeah, once the women's comp started, I was a train-on player with the Giants. And um, I guess I kept getting overlooked in a couple of drafts. So the Giants coach said to me, if I want to get better or get noticed, I need to go play in a better league, in a better team. Yep. So I um, made the move to Norwood. And, yeah, off the back of that season, I got picked up by the Gold Coast. And so, Hannah, on that, you were at the Gold Coast for a couple of, or three seasons and you were the captain. In So how was that experience, being the captain, the leader of that group? Uh, it was good. It was. I learned a lot. Um, obviously quite similar to Port Adelaide. It was a new um, team altogether. So um, it was still sort of in in its infancy and we still had a lot to learn as a group. And there was a season, I think it was our second season potentially, that we went through and we didn't win a game at all. So that was quite tough. But you learn a lot about yourself and the team and leadership. So... Yeah, I'm grateful for my experiences there. And so you mentioned the infancy for the teams and the competition. How do you compare the Giants, Gold Coast and Port Adelaide? Is it all very similar or is there some clear uh, differences between the clubs? Um, I think there's clear differences. Um, Obviously, each club runs differently. Um, But also, I think just um, when I've sort of been at each club, the talent coming through has been a lot different so um, you can see now obviously coming to a footy state at SA you know the girls that are playing now that got drafted last year and um, stuff like that they've been playing right through since Auskick so I think just probably being in a footy state and the talent is probably the biggest difference Um, and I think you can still probably see like the Giants have been there since inception and they still struggle a bit to try and um, get the talent. Like they had to poach a lot of girls from Victoria and stuff. So, yeah, no, very different, but enjoyed my experiences at all all three clubs. Yeah, I'm sure, Hannah, you got many more years to play, but it'd be lovely being a 17-, 18-year-old bursting on the scene, seeing what's going to prevail in the next few years, the way it's becoming more and more professional, more money, hopefully one day full-time for the girls as well. But it's exciting times ahead. Oh, yeah. I'm so bloody jealous of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think when, when that first year that I was a train-on player and I got to play the first game. I think the girls that I was training and playing with, they were on like a couple of grand yeah. for the whole season. Yeah. So it's come a very, very long way. Um, and yeah, I'm very jealous of these young girls. And But I think it'll, it'll only boost the competition and the quality of it too, so... Erin uh, Phillips, she's she's going to play to she's 40, so you've got another nine or ten years left in you. Hey, what about some of the... The girls, 
most of them I'd imagine would have to work to do something, and you're working for the Pirate Life Brewery. Um, do most of the girls have a job as, as well, trying to combine the both? Yeah, majority of the girls um, either work a couple. I think there's a couple that actually work full-time, which I have no idea how they do it. But, um, yeah, most girls work sort of part-time, casual, a couple of days a week, Um and then a lot of other, some of the younger girls straight out of school are studying now as well. So the club really encourages everyone to have something outside of footy, which is good. Yeah, no doubt it is good. And so, Hannah, I want to touch on the footy. I want to touch on this weekend. You take on North Melbourne at Arden Street on Sunday. It's 12.35. A really tough challenge against a team, which is currently five wins and one loss. Reflecting back on the last couple of weeks, has much come up about the goal kick in the last couple of weeks? You, last week you played against the Swans and uh, were pretty good for majority of the game, but unfortunately three goals, 12 let you down and lost that one by 15. And the week before, four goals, nine against the Eagles, which cost you probably the game as well. Yeah, I think obviously it's not just our goal kicking that we had to address. Um, and it has come up in the last couple of weeks and, that's definitely been a focus for everyone at training. Um, but there's, you know, potentially other things that have been losing us the game too, you know, like a bit of lack of discipline and those free kicks have, you know, been downfield and shots on goal um, against us. So, yeah, there's been a few things that we've been addressing and hopefully we can turn it around and be really competitive this weekend because, yeah, North Melbourne are a very good side. So I think there's maybe five changes too. Two forced yeah. and well, four, and three four out at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Yep. so that's a big uh, change there, Hannah. Yeah, lots of big changes. We get um, Bogey and Tickle back, which will be good. They've been out since round one and three, and they're huge assets to our team. So we've had a bit of shuffling around um, this week, and we obviously lost Janelle. Um, she's torn a tendon in her finger and hurt her knee. She's bloody the, one of the toughest players I know. And I think if it was up to her, she would probably Play. try and push through <laughs> it too. But, um, yeah, so that's a huge loss for us. But I've got full confidence with the team that we've got on the park this weekend that, um, you know, we can definitely bring it to them. Yeah, we spoke with young Crow Tia Charlton the other night and I asked her the question, what does she think is the biggest improvement in women's football? And Dan and I thought tackling was amazing and Tia was getting nine or ten tackles herself. But it's incredible how hard the women go in and they're tackling and their pressure. That Have you seen that over the last decade improve too? And what would you think is the biggest improvement in women's football? Um, I think probably just the skills in general. Um I think when you look, like, if you look back and watch one of the games from season one, like, it's yep. so so messy and a lot of, you know, just kicking long, taking territory and hoping for the best. Um, and I think now when you watch a lot of the teams, like, there's proper game plan, structure, the girls are playing to that. Um, and, yeah, the, the skills are a lot cleaner. Obviously, we've got a long way to go, but, yeah, what we're season eight compared to, how long the men's been around for? Like it'll it'll eventually get there. So, Hannah, you obviously take on North Melbourne this weekend, and then a couple of Hannah Dunn Cups with Port Adelaide taking on Gold Coast in a fortnight, <laughs> and then you finish the season against the Giants. So, what a way to finish for you personally for the season. Yeah, no, I'm super keen to um, take on the Gold Coast and the Giants at home. Um, it'll be, I think, it'll be a very tough 
game, especially against the Gold Coast. They're doing quite well this season. So, um, no, I always get excited, especially like last year when we played them. Um, I think it's sort of every time, you know, you would probably know yourself if you play a team that you've previously played for, you kind of have a bit more of a point to prove. So, yeah, no, it'll be good. Now, one last one. You've been, as we said, Canberra, Sydney, Gold Coast, Adelaide. We used to do a few footy trips up the Gold Coast. Love that in the early months before footy. What's your What's your favourite place? Oh, I think definitely the Gold Coast, the lifestyle. I really miss it. <laughs> we were... <laughs> We were only a couple of hundred metres from the beach. Oh. So, um, yeah, we were sort of a North Burley area near all the cafes and stuff. So I really miss the lifestyle. But, um, no, I think I think maybe once my career's done, I'll probably end up back up there because my family's all located up to Sunny Coast as well. So. Yeah. Do you surf? Uh, not well, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hannah, Hannah, good luck. It's a very important uh, piece of the, the Port Adelaide uh, jigsaw and uh, hopefully you can get a win. It's going to be tough this week, but you never know in any game and uh, all the best. Every game's winnable, that's, that's it. Thank it. you. Nah, thank you, Hannah. Done. Much travelled football and she's um, done some really nice things. So, yeah, it's going to be tough, isn't it? North Melbourne 5-1, and one, uh, Port Adelaide 2-4, and four, some five changes. That's a lot. Yeah, well, no, it will. It's um, it's it's going to be a really difficult one because you mentioned 5-1, and one, the, the one win for the power this way, this year. But I think the point we've asked the, the girls about what's improved the most in the competition, I tend to agree with Hannah there about the skills and particularly of the better teams. I think when you watch... Even tactics. Well, yeah, exactly. Right. The tactics, the tactics, tactics maybe were there early but weren't implemented because it was obviously a lot of new players but I think when you watch Adelaide North Melbourne Melbourne and probably Brisbane in particular their ball movement their skill level is such an elite level now the other teams are getting there but again when you see the better teams in the competition the improvement from year one to the way they play is massive and and Port will get there it might take another year or two but they are definitely progressing in a nice direction you make a great point because I think early on you'd be barely get two or three uh, passage of play yep. where you kept the ball. Yep. And now they're getting five, six, seven where they can run from back down to oh, four. And, and Hannah touched on it too, that it used to be a little bit get the ball and just throw it on the boot and get some territory, whereas now you're seeing it, all right, we don't need to do that. We've got the skill level to be able to execute kicks and be able to retain the footy and, and march the ball down the ground. Yeah, and what's up for you the weekend? You'll be watching the Everest and no doubt a bit of sport. Yeah, well, actually, I might be going to the 36ers game tomorrow. Oh. So five o'clock, that is, at the Entertainment Centre. Tickets still available on Ticket Tech. So get down and watch the 36ers. Now, there's zero from four, but they take on Illawarra. Now, I'm not sure if you saw what happened last night in Tasmania. I when the, So Tasmania played Illawarra. Tassie for mine, oh, I think they might win it this year. They are very good. They've started the season in some <laughs> sensational form with three wins and one loss against some good teams. But last night, they played Illawarra. They were up by 26 at halftime. So they ended up beating uh, Illawarra by 30. They didn't lose a quarter last night. So what that tells me is you're either going to get a bounce-back game from Illawarra oh. or potentially a fatigued Illawarra that was absolutely shocked and stunned, and that's what I'm hoping for the 36ers tomorrow, that they can jump the Hawks just like Tasmania did. Yeah, well, they need a win. and You might be the man. You might be the catalyst. Get down there and be the luck. <laughs> hey, Beaumont Tiles are giving away a trip for two to America's footy's biggest game worth over $70,000 just shopping store at Beaumont's. Before November 12, and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. Cover a lot of ground as always. The draft, 
Australia, boy oh boy, we looked at them. They are uh, way off the pace at the moment. <sighs> way off. A long way to go. And they can't afford to drop a game they're not meant to. Sri Lanka next on Monday night. They need to win that one. Um, speaking of, who wins tonight? Is it as simple as New Zealand beat Bangladesh? Well, you'd think, but Bangladesh have had some big upsets they, on their night. Yep. They can. They got the spinners and they got some good batters. But New Zealand are they're playing in some good pretty form. well. They're in some really good form, the uh, Kiwi. So I think they will be too strong. But uh, yeah, it's about to kick off that one. You have a great weekend. No, we'll do it all again Monday between 6 and 7. Bye, Dan. Have a great weekend. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. 